cool, cool, cool. Gee, I got to tell you, so um, this, uh, just welcome out there, and you guys, of course, welcome here in the studio audience to the best steak kitchen at Three Taverns, where our entire goal is to always bake up recipes that help us know God, find freedom, and discover our purpose. And in fact, if you're ever around here and you want to know more, uh, about every month, month and a half, we have a, a welcome brunch, and you can learn more about knowing God, finding freedom, and discovering your purpose in your own life, for your own life, and for your own benefit. Um, so we are at the last episode of the series, uh, Baking Up a Better, Bitter, Free Life. And of course, we have uh, explored uh, to the nth degree all the steps in making Heidi's incredible Mexican chocolate cake. But our bigger focus is a spiritual focus on how we can have a better, bitter, free existence moving forward in our lives and for our entire future, to have just a better story without bitterness. And I hope when you came in today, what you did is you voted on the cakes. At the end of the show, we are going to let you know who won the cake bake-off competition. Uh, this is one of the entries here. Uh, it's going to, of course, be based on what they taste like, how they taste it, just perfectly sweet and light. What you voted on was the presentation, how well was it put together, and then how creative were they with the theme of actually getting the theme of us not being affected by bitterness and getting free from bitterness. And then, uh, so we'll look at your community votes. And then, of course, the, it, does it capture the whole series? And of course, it has to be Heidi's Incredible Chocolate Cake. So somehow, we'll test that as well. This series has uh, been entirely about us facing, conquering, and preventing future bitterness in our lives. And I think we can all identify with that. Today, we're gonna focus totally and, and finally on just preventing bitterness in our futures. That's the part of our spiritual recipe that we're going to work on. And we're going to talk about enjoying the cake, not just the chocolate cake, but the cake of life. So before we get going, um, if you've been in the studio audience, every one of the six episodes, you're like, oh, we're going to review this again. How can we not? Because these principles are so life-giving. So the first episode, we did what? We trusted God to use bitter, bitter for better in our lives. The verse that we looked at was Romans 8, 28, says this, we know that God causes everything to work together for the good, for those who what? Love God, have a relationship, and are called according to his purpose. Okay, so the idea here is, of course, that we need to have a relationship with God if he's gonna empower us, give us grace and peace, these ingredients from him that help us conquer the bitter things in life. In episode two, we looked at three ways that happens, right? Three things, three methods that, that Christ did, that God does for us, that we need to extend to others. So when they're creating bitterness for us, when we're trying to climb over those things, we need to be kind, we need to love, and we need to forgive. And the verse we looked at there was written by Paul. It's in, from the book of Ephesians, says this, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to one another, tender-hearted, right, loving, and forgiving, just as God, through what? Christ forgave you. The idea here is I now have a healthy relationship. I have grace, I have peace. It's been given to me. I turn around and I extend that towards the people, even if they don't want it, even if they're still better, even if you know, it's just never gonna reconcile, even if there need to be boundaries. But I decide that I'm gonna live a life of kindness Love and forgiveness, offering those. Episode three, 
kind of leaned into the hope, if we extend those kind of things, we have a healthy relationship, we begin to get healthy, maybe it'll catch. And maybe somebody else who's bitter will want to get better, and they'll want to reconcile. And so that theme was this, we need to be ready to reconcile. These words came from Jesus. He spoke them in Matthew 5, says this, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. In that way, you will be what? Acting as true children of your Father in heaven. You are to be perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. So there's this idea that now that I have him in my life and I have grace and peace and I'm kind and loving and forgiving, I'm ready to reconcile that, that what I'm doing here is I now have the ability to begin to extend unconditional love and hope. Now they may never want to reconcile. Some people will never reconcile with Jesus or God, but he always stands ready, waiting for the moment that they want to. This is where we shift from bitterness to hope in our world. Hope for others, hope for ourselves. Week four, took it a step further. Week four, the byline was extend fellowship. The verse came out of 2 Corinthians 5, written again by Paul, same guy who wrote the book of Philemon, which is where this whole series comes from. He said this, I'm not overstating it when I say that the man who caused you trouble hurt you more than me. In other words, Paul's saying, I get it. You're really wounded, and I didn't get that wounded. I'm not, you were offended, you were hurt. So he recognizes empathy that they're really hurt, but then he says, now, however, it's time to forgive and comfort him. Otherwise, he may be overcome by discouragement. So the point here in the whole passage is that the guy has figured it out. Like the punishment, the discipline, him being separated from the body, from, from God, drove him to fix it. And what Paul's saying now, so you're ready to reconcile now you need to bring this guy back into fellowship. You need to be willing to do that. He's gotten his life right with God. He's gotten his life right with you, and now it's time to extend fellowship. This is so important in my and your journey to a better, bitter, free life. We have to be ready to let people have a pathway home when they get it right. And we need to know there should be a pathway home for us, and of course, all of this is a reflection of God. In week five, we talked about what? Cleaning up our kitchen. And of course, when you bake, before you frost the cake, before you bake the next cake, you gotta clean it up. Otherwise, all the ingredients will spoil the cake. Our underlying theme here was that we need to get every root, every cause, every possibility of bitterness out of our lives so that we can move on in the future, look ahead, leave it behind, and be healthy, right? And so here was the verse, came from Jesus, another just pow, and why worry about a speck in your brother's eye when you have what? a log in your own. First, get rid of the what? The log in your own eye. Then perhaps you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. I love the phrase, then perhaps. <laughs> even then, once you get all your junk cleaned up, it may not even be your job to look and deal with that speck. That may be God's job. That may take time. It may not be your assignment. But nonetheless, the first thing I need to do is to deal with my stuff. I need to clean up my kitchen. I need to look and see if I've created bitterness in somebody else's life. I need to see if I've offended God. I need to check my kitchen, you know? And it's so funny because we become what we hate. Somebody creates bitterness for us. Part of our moving to a better, bitter, free life is making sure we haven't become bitter about their bitter. And we aren't returning bitterness. So it's all about getting our kitchen cleaned up so we can move forward. And then last week, which was episode six, was frosting the cake, right, from the cake standpoint. Our tagline for our spiritual journey was go the extra mile. 
In Proverbs, this truth was written, but Paul quotes it again in context later on, and it says this, if your enemy is hungry, what? Give him bread to eat. If he's thirsty, give him water to drink, for you will heap burning coals on his head, and the Lord will reward you. Now, the Lord is not rewarding you for punishing them. We so misunderstand that, right? That you're not heaping burning coals on your head. That's not bad. What it means is you're giving them fire. What do they need to survive? Food, water, and warmth, fire. This is an Old Testament law and tradition misunderstood by us in this day. What he was saying is this. Man, go the extra mile. If you, even if you know they're wrong, even if you know they don't want to reconcile, if they got a flat tire, fix it. If they're broke, help them. Extend love to them. Maybe one day they will get it right. Of course, I get it. Sometimes there are boundaries that need to be in place. There are some hurts that happened to us in childhood. We don't need to be around those people, et cetera, et cetera. But 90% of all the bitterness we'll ever encounter, we could change their tire and it wouldn't cost us anything but perhaps just a little bit of pride, which was part of what? Clean your kitchen. We gotta stay humble. So today, we're at the end. And we're going to talk about what? Enjoying our cake. And the way in which that allows us to what? Become and stay bitter free in our future. To just have that and prevent it. So where we're going to look? The last couple sentences in Paul's letter to Philemon. And it goes this way. Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, sends you his greetings. So do Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, Luke, my co-workers. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Now, I love these last two lines that for years and years, I just read over fast, right? There's no content. He's just like, hey, see, you've been great. Nice talking to you. Bye. But in context with this whole bitter free discussion and all the instruction that he's given Philemon, these have two important messages. The first one is this. He just sends greetings. But isn't it interesting that he and Demas, right, and Luke and Epaphras all send greetings. And I'm like, Doug, why is that interesting? Because even though Philemon's dealing with this bitterness, could stay in bitterness, could totally disobey, they're all still his friends. They're all still saying what? You got this. You can what? You can do this in light of the fact that they know that Philemon could choose to what? Not be bitter free. He could choose to just embrace bitterness. They know that. They know he has a choice. They know he may make the right one or the wrong one. They know he's going to face this incredible challenge as Onesimus comes back. But yet they're all still with him. And if you think about it, what better bitter free friends could Philemon have? Think about the crew. Epaphras, it says what? is still in chains for sharing the gospel. This guy has every reason to be bitter, but he's what? Not. He's gotten a better life. God has turned bitter into better. He's still in chains for sharing the gospel. What a great friend to have as you're facing it. He's conquered it. Paul's in prison. Paul's been shipwrecked. Paul's been beaten. Not bitter. Great people to have around you when you're going through a trial. How about this? The others, all of them, they've all faced innumerable challenges along the way of spreading the gospel. They've been put in jail short periods of time. They've been denied food. They've been broke. They've been poor. They've been beaten. They've been questioned. But they're all still 
in the game. They all still have a smile on their face. And they're all sending their greetings to Philemon saying what? You are us. We're one. You can do this. We're here. And I think that's really important to me. And I hope it's really important to you. Because what it means is this. We never have to face bitter alone. Now, I know we all have God and Jesus, the Holy Spirit. But in a practical sense, in a physical sense, on this planet, we do not have to face the bitter challenges of life alone. There are good people who are bitter free. There are good people who are 80% bitter free. There are good people who are 60% bitter free, but trying to live that way. In other words, I know there's a lot of bitter, grumpy, angry, abandoning, lying, cheating, grumpy, angry. I could just keep going bitter people on this planet, but there's a lot of people who aren't. And if you get the right crowd around you, you don't have to face this alone. And when you look at this crew who is around Philemon, and you look at the bitter free people who are in our community, you'll always see this. They all know God. They've all found their personal freedom from bitterness. And they all know their purpose is what? To spread that love. To spread that healing again and again. So to me, it's incredible that you and I do not have to be alone. We don't have to be alone. I can live out my purpose here on this earth. And even as I face challenges, I can find freedom from bitterness with the support of a group. You don't have to be alone. I promise you this, no matter what anyone tells you. So that's the first thing. The greetings carry so much more truth about the circumstance. Philemon is not alone. But then Paul does this crazy thing. He blesses him. But the blessing is really interesting. Here's how it goes. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you, don't miss this, in your spirit. Deep down inside where only God could extend that grace. Now this reminds me, if we go all the way back to episode one of this series, where we said there's two ingredients that God gives us to deal with bitterness in our life. And they were what? Grace and peace. Right, say it with me. Grace and peace. And both of those gifts come from the Holy Spirit deep down inside us. We can generate a certain amount of peace by sitting down and slowing down. We can manufacture a little bit of grace to extend to somebody else. But deep down inside us, in our spirit, Paul gets it when he says to Philemon, the blessing is, may you have what? The grace of the Lord deep in your what? Spirit. Grace, let's remember what it is. It's the unmerited strength of God at our disposal to allow us to be greater than the bitter that comes against us. And that is what grace is. It's unmerited. We don't generate it. It's beyond us. And it lets us deal with things that are beyond us. Grace comes through Jesus Christ. That's how it came to the planet. And grace comes to Jesus, through Jesus Christ to us at the moment that we're saved, the moment we believe. This grace is so important. Throughout the Bible, cover to cover, God has said again and again, my grace is sufficient. Yes, I know your circumstances aren't great. But I am here, and I will get you through. I know you're in pain, and you're not getting healed. My grace is sufficient. My glory will be seen. Keep on trucking, right? Just keep on going. Grace is also the strength inside of us that allows us to do things that 
we could never do on our own on this planet. Not nearly as well as we can do them with grace. Grace gives us the ability, the strength to forgive. To just say, you owe me nothing. Grace gives us the strength to love unconditionally. Meaning what? No matter what you do, I love you. To be humble, nothing like the way grace will humiliate. I say humiliate you, we think that's bad, but really humiliate you. That you'll stand in God's grace and go, why me? You'll remember where you came from. Grace gives us the ability, the strength to hope for the best. Grace gives us the ability to turn bitter into sweet because we can't do that without grace, without peace. But Paul identifies that he wants Philemon to have God's grace deep down inside of him. And so the takeaway for this week, in the big picture, if we only could remember one word or one phrase would be this, embrace the grace. Embrace the grace. Grace is the thing that we need. We need God's power. We need God's peace. We need God's favor. We need God's strength. And all of these come through God's grace. And his grace comes through a relationship with him. His answer is the antidote to bitterness. It's a solution for grief. His grace is for us. We need to embrace the grace of God if we're going to ensure a bitter-free future. Not just to deal with the past, but to guard ourselves for the future. So if I was gonna put it this way, I could say to you this. The final four steps in having a better, bitter-free life would be this. Embrace the grace. Love your new freedom. Just really enjoy the fact that you're not bound up. Build a tribe of bitter-free friends. And get the right gang around you, like Philemon had, and then share your freedom. The writer of Hebrews, and most of us think it's Paul, we don't know for sure, but the writer of Hebrews shares this incredible piece of the recipe for a bitter-free life. This is how it goes. Christians look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. Now look, I just look at that verse. I know it's on the audience screens and it should be on the viewer for those of you watching online. Did you notice the last part? Avoid the what? We don't want a bitterness root to get in us. What? Because it what? Corrupts others. This is how bitterness gets in a world. It has to start with someone. The cool part about that is if we flip that on its head, if I become bitter free, that can spread to others as well. There's strength in community. We can help guard each other. We can challenge each other. You know when you just vent, you're just like, ah, you're like, bah, and somebody goes, you still hurting about that? We can push each other. We can remind each other. We can pray with each other. We can get together and pray for their future, the people who create bitterness. The point here is that we can live trouble-free together and we can help each other avoid that root of bitterness that could, what, rise up. That's why he says, look after, what, each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Part of my purpose is to make sure you receive the grace that God promised you. My job is to help you find that when it's hard to find. Just like Philemon. Paul was helping Philemon find the grace, find the peace, so that he could be what? He could deal with this bitter situa situation. So not only do 
I need to make sure that I don't miss out on the grace of God. I want to make sure that none of us miss out on the grace of God. And if I can just keep that poisonous root of bitterness out of my future, then I can spread what? Unconditional love, unconditional forgiveness, kindness, grace, peace, the hope of reconciliation, fellowship for anybody who wants to come back. And that's why we say the final steps of this entire equation are what? Embrace the grace. Love your freedom. It is okay to simply walk away from the bitter and walk away even from the bitter people, to hope and pray for them, but to move on, to just let it lie and build a new tribe of bitter free friends. But I don't want you to miss this. There's a point where we have to share in this together. Sharing it together, mix in together in our lives, but also share with people on the outside. So what I want to do this morning is I want to take an, just do a small exercise with the studio audience. I want you to participate in today's episode. What I want you to do, you were given a blank card when you came in, and I want you to take that blank card and, what, and the pen that you were given, and I want you to write one thing one area, one person that you could use some help with in dealing with bitterness. Like I could just use some prayer support. I need to really let this go. I need to make a way back for this person. I'm becoming bitter myself. I'm grumpy about this. Whatever it is, and put your name on the card. The only reason I tell you to put your name on the card is because there is a point where uh, when you're praying together, the person next to you may not know you. If you're here for the first time, Just be comfortable and participate however you want. So I want you guys to take those cards and get in groups of three or four. We're gonna take a few minutes of studio time. Quickly, not a a novel or even a novella, but just write down in quick words what it is that you could use some help from. And then in that pod, quickly pray for one another. So just write it down, pass the cards to the left, and then pray for one another. Can you do that? All right, studio audience, go. I think we have some music to play in the background. If you're streaming this episode, grab a piece of paper and make your own list and find a friend to pray with you. It's so incredible to stand up here and to look out there and to see people embracing, sitting some in tears and some in joy as you guys pray over each other. It, it's also fun as um, a decision scientist and a guy who really loves looking at the dynamics of people, how you, most of you migrated to people you're comfortable with almost immediately. But everybody's got a smile on their face. Your tribe's not just the one that you're used to, not just the person sitting there. In fact, many of you, um, we've embraced a journey together who come from very different backgrounds and have found incredible strength in the variety in the body of Christ. And it's so funny because all we did was take seven minutes to just set aside to actually practice something that we should probably do every time we face bitterness. We should have that group of people around us and maybe they don't always have to be proactive and reach into our life and say, it looks like you're struggling with that. But maybe we could just ask and say, hey, I did that this morning. This, this, this whole series has really made me think about, am I really bitter free? Just the little things. But this morning wasn't a a thing I was bitter about. It was a place where I was concerned that I could come bitter. Some things had gone wrong, and 
they seem to be happening in the same veins of the same people. And, and so I pulled Tim, uh, one of our technical guys aside, and the guy who helps lead the church, and just yanked him in the kitchen and said, I just need you to pray for me because I want to focus on what God's doing in the minute. And I don't want to get distracted or tangled up. Do you see how easy that practice is? And that's not because of the series, but it's just because that's what God wants for us. So it's just really cool to look out on you guys and see you pray for each other and to open up and share with each other. That just warms the heart. And I hope um, that you guys who are watching at home stop for a minute, made your list, called a friend during that time and just asked them to pray with you. And if not, show up here. There's people who will pray with you. Call that friend when this sins. This is episode seven. Like, I kind of hate to see this series close out, but I'm excited to give you your homework. Are you ready for your homework? All right, here's your homework for the week. Everybody who's hearing this, wherever you are, this is what we want you to do. First, you're gonna get a glass of milk, okay? And if you can't drink milk, then you get a glass of tea. If you can't drink tea, you're gonna get a Coke, nice cold Coke in a bottle. If you can't drink Coke, I don't know what you're gonna do. Okay, coffee, all right, good. So get Get a cake-friendly beverage. Get yourself a slice of cake and enjoy your cake. The reason you bake up a better, bitter-free life is so that you can enjoy it. We just forget that, that God wants us to live our best day and to live an abundant life. You need to enjoy the results of your hard work. It's okay to put your feet up and say, I want to be bitter free. Two, there is something even better than that, though, and that is sharing your bitter free life. That's sharing that peace and that grace. So here's the second part of your homework. The second part of your homework is that I want you to bake Heidi's cake this week. I don't care who you are, you can follow these instructions. If I can do it, you can do it. I want you to bake Heidi's cake this week. I want you to take that cake and don't deliver it to your neighbor. That's all cool. We drop off cookies. Hey, we love you. Maybe we can get to know you. No, I want you to invite somebody who could use a smile, who could use some help with bitterness, who could use some freedom, who might even need to know God. And I want you to clean up your house. I want you to bake that cake. Clean the kitchen, please. Clean the kitchen. Okay, get those beverages. Invite them to come have cake with you. You can send them home with the cake, but invite them into your life to eat the cake. Sweeten up their lives. Maybe there's some hope that you can provide. Don't make them a project. Just make yourself available. Take all of this, use the cake as a silly excuse, and just try to share the results. So as you enjoy them, share them. So if you're willing to take this challenge this week, make a cake, even if it's a small one, to find somebody who could use like a better, bitter-free existence, invite them to sit down at lunch, wherever it is, and enjoy the cake with you, and maybe you can spread a little bit of this unconditional love, mercy, and forgiveness, then I would ask you to stand right now just to make that commitment that this week you will get started on this project and spread the love. Anybody? All right. All right. Yeah, there we go. Who else is in? Who else wants to deal with this for your life, fix it for your future, and share it with somebody else? Yeah, it's going to take all of us getting outside of our comfort zones and getting out in the world if we're going to save our community, which is 80% non-believing of anything. Final call. 
All right, let me pray for you guys. Father, I pray for the people who are standing, and I pray that you will give them your grace deep down in their heart so that they have the strength, the courage, and the fun of sharing just cake with somebody and then maybe getting a chance to share everything else. Father, for the people who didn't stand, those chicken cake bakers, I pray that you, Father, would help them work through all their excuses um, because everybody in the studio audience should have stood because this is all for naught if we just keep it to ourselves. Father, help us be the best that we can be. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so in a minute, I'm gonna announce who won the cake bake-off. So I think one of the stagehands is gonna bring me those results. Um, In fact, why don't you, yeah, there we go. Okay, we got the results coming. But before we do that, um, I have something that I wanna share with you. And so I'm just gonna go ahead and do that. I'm gonna hermetically seal, going in my back pocket. I have something that I wanna share with you. Uh, In June, we are gonna do something that's so incredible. I came across some of the best content I have ever seen in my life on relationships, conquering life, dealing with victim stuff, being positive, everything. Well, before I explain anymore, here, let me just show you the bumper video. that cool? So here's what's going to happen. This incredible therapist, Hud McWilliams, uh, he's written a book that talks about us embracing and conquering and becoming better through disruption that happens in our lives. Instead of running with it, dealing with it, facing it, and letting God, he's a Christian therapist, the man is, oh, so surrendered to God. And then Pastor CJ, he is up at Northview Church, one of our friends. I, I don't know if you could say sister church, but definitely we have a bunch of friends there. Incredible content. The way it came about was that they just were invited HUD to come just do a little bit of video outtakes, and, they were gonna, and then CJ was just gonna put it in a message to try to inspire people, not only to look at the book, but at the same time to just get free. They ended up sitting down. They filmed five straight hours, no breaks, five straight hours of this incredible conversation in a living room. I have never been so moved, so impressed by immediately practical content. They edit out some breaks and stuff. It is just nonstop. HUD is a genius. He is not a new or young therapist. He has years on him. In fact, at one point he said, if I was like, when I was 30, I could have never been this smart. He is so cool. He's actually the therapist of CJ and his wife. That's where they met him. But it's just incredible journey. The content is superb. So we're actually going to be playing it on our 9 by 16 foot screen. I know it's a little different because we've never don't, we don't stream a lot of stuff. But video works in a lot of formats. It's going to work in this. Here's my encouragement to you. Do not miss a Sunday because this will not be online. Since it's streamed to us, we are not going to be able to stream it out. It just comes in. We got it and we cannot send it out, so you need to be here. The other thing, what a great opportunity. If you know somebody who just wants to have a better relationship or a struggling one, whether it's marriage, dating, family, friends, somebody who's dealt with trauma, somebody who maybe has that victim mentality, if you just want to get everything out of this life that God promised that he gave us, all of these topics, it is a what? 
but I promise you, the content, you're going to walk away going, I could never have taken notes on that. It is absolutely incredible. So every Sunday in June, we're going to be sharing this content with you. Next week, listen, next week, next week only, we're starting worship 15 minutes early because the intro session is so long that we want to make sure that the kids' workers and everybody else don't get worn out, okay? So we're going to start at um, 1045. If you get here at 11, you're going to catch like 30 seconds of a song, and then you'll be here for content. So if you want to worship, make sure you're here at like 1045. That's every Sunday in June. There are Facebook links up. There are Instagram links. You can share those. Listen, if, if you didn't bake a cake, you need to get out here and share this stuff, okay? Like, and then bake a cake. They should bake cakes. Shouldn't they bake cakes? They should bake cakes. Okay, good. All right, cool. So every Sunday in June, you're, this is going to be great. All right, so the winner is in my pocket. The winner of the cake contest for all style, everything, and etc. I hate to say this to Kylie, but John beat you by a measly four or five points. Where is Kylie? She's, she's doing children. She's not even hearing this sad moment. Um, so I don't know how. How could Kylie's cake had a, an alien ship crashing into the Heidi's cake saying, don't let bitterness invade you. It even had little aliens. John always wins. All right, so maybe John will give uh, Kylie uh, the mixer since he has like 12. And uh, this one, by the way, is Jamie's. She was like, they can't vote on it. Jamie actually came in with the least number of votes. So you lost. All right, good. So I hope that makes you feel better because she didn't want to vote on it. Um, guys, whenever we do stuff like this, we thank everybody who participates. Make sure that you cheer uh, Kylie on when she gets out. We're going to adjourn to the foyer. If you'll just give us three or four minutes, the stagehands are going to grab the table uh, by the kitchen. We're going to serve you up cake, milk, coffee, whatever it is you want. So hang out, hang around. we got a few minutes. Rescue your kids out of children so the children's workers can get cake too. God bless you. Did you have a good time in the series? Cool.